Welcome to Recipe to Success, the show where we sit down with entrepreneurs from all different backgrounds to learn more about their journey to success. My name is Hamza Zahoor, CEO and founder of Social Awaken. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Recipe to Success. Today we've got another really, really exciting one, something that I've kind of wanted to happen for a long time. Sam, let's go straight into it. How you doing? Very well, thank you, bro. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming good. on. My pleasure. So, um, I kind of want to, I mean, there's so much to talk about today, um, obviously about your journey. It's been huge um, success recently, even more than ever. Um, but let's start off by saying, you know, has lockdown been, what, you, what have you been up to? This year has been obviously very strange for everyone. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so lockdown, yeah. Um, yeah, lockdown, it was, um, it was relatively fine, to be fair. I took so much positive from it, from spending more time with my children uh, spending more time in my home, spending more time on walks, doing like exercise, all that, all that kind of obvious stuff that you would say. Um, but really, I took it as a as a time to really focus on and on my business and really kind of develop the business. I think it was such an amazing opportunity to kind of look back and take some time to see what the market is saying and just seeing what the world is saying and and obviously trying to find a way to sort of adapt to what you know all these mad changes that are happening in the world. So myself and my partners, we 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 use that time. Um, and we did so much, so much benefit and so much positivity for our for our team, for our international team, for people. You know, we had a an Instagram page which was private, which was just for just for the Menspire employees, and we did sort of training every single evening with various people around around the globe. Um, so as a community of, of, of barbers, we really came together. Um, we also did a lot of um, free education. So in the evenings, we'd go live um, off the Menspire Instagram page um, and do about an hour each night offering the world free education. So really, really tapped into to our, our community really and really kind of built our community even stronger by kind of offering, whether it was education, we had loads of evenings where we just did interviews and, and talking to people who worked for us and how their journey's been. So we really just built the brand really through, through lockdown. We also launched a new website. So we also had a lot of time where we could get together in the evenings. It was also during Ramadan when it was, uh, when you have obviously everything's a bit different with timings anyway. So. Myself and Josh would, would, would meet up in the academy in the evening and just crack out loads of loads of work and you know be as be as um, productive as we could be. So to be honest, bro, like it was really really productive. Um, coming back from lockdown has been the test. Um, there's I've had uh, I've had a lot of staff changes. I've had a lot of changes generally with with the business. Um, and it was you know to be fair, very stressful when I first came back. It was brilliant. You know, first two weeks brilliant amazing feeling everything's going amazing busy 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 then things sort of slowed down a little bit and then a few cracks started to appear which to be fair i predicted at the beginning of lockdown that it would happen whereas obviously a lot of people have become accustomed to a new way of life maybe more sleeping in maybe people are cutting more hair privately so they start their own sort of little thing around maybe if they're just doing their neighbor's hair before you know it and i sort of said i think this is going to rock the boat a lot i think it's we'll, we'll get back but I have a feeling like you know it will take time, some time to adjust to you know the normality. So yeah, it's been it's been it's been a testing like testing bit of time coming back to it. Only until the beginning of this month where I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna take this month as a new month and and let go of everything that happened, which I did. Uh, and it was the best thing I ever did to be honest. I literally started the month, which I never really do. Not even really conscious of like the beginning of a month and have been like whatever a new energy, a new thought process. But started the month on a positive, and it's just been amazing ever since. To be fair. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, they used the time of um, lockdown per se, in you know, just to kind of be creative and think mm. outside the box of, mm. you know, because a lot of the time you don't have the luxury of thinking. Certainly. Um, just stopping everything and just having the ability to think. Mm. Um, and a lot of good does come 
from times Certainly. like that. Um, but then obviously, like you said, the return of it. Uh, but let's kind of go into the story a little bit because um, I'm sure you guys can see. Um, maybe you can't see, but I'm, and I'm sure you're familiar with Sam anyway. Um, but Sam, why don't you go into a bit more about exactly what you do, including Menspire, everything that's going on right now. Um, what, what is Sam all about? Cool, what I'm about. So I'm a, I'm a hairdresser, barber by trade. Um, I started working when I was 15 years old. Um, I left school early and started working full-time in a hairdressing salon. Um, at the time, I, I knew that school and all that kind of, and university, college wasn't really for me. I knew I had to be hands-on. I had a real massive passion for hair um, and cutting my own hair, cutting friends, so even really, really young. That's why you're always so fresh, yeah? Yeah, that, well, <laughs> I, just, I had a thing for it. Even, even well, myself and Josh, who, who's my business partner, we own Menspire together. We, um, we both used to be in English together. We both always used to cut our own hair and maybe colour our own hair. So we had like a little streak of blonde, a little bit of a mullet. This was sort of 15, 15 years back. Um, but yeah, we, I always used to do my own hair, do friends' hair and stuff. So started working in a hair salon. Um, yeah, and thank God, really, I had, I had a passion for it and um, I really enjoyed it and, and basically started working as a hairdresser. Um, worked in various different salons until I realised... Um, well, I worked in some really good, really good salons. I worked in one particular salon that had an academy up in Knightsbridge in London. So I did a scholarship there. How old were you at that time? I must have been 17. Okay. Did a scholarship. Um, 17, 18, did a scholarship. Came out and started working back in the salon in St. Albans, where I'm from. And did about five years there. So you um, skipped the normal route, like college, totally. So uni. yeah, skipped it all. Like I said, I actually I got asked politely asked to leave school based on just not being present in in any classrooms and actually being you know actually a little bit disturbing, just been a bit, you know to be honest, to being a bit of a class clown and not just not really being able to kind of just to connect to the to that environment. It wasn't Follow just, the norms. Yeah, it just wasn't for me, um, and it wasn't a concern for me at the time because I was just sort of quite ignorantly just living. But my mom, I think my mum and dad are quite concerned. We've come from a background. My mum, my uh, brother and sister both did university and that kind of more academic background, and there was me who wasn't due any GCSEs and was a bit rebellious and whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm really just grateful that I, f- I found the thing that I loved and, and just wasn't thinking about money at all, just literally just following like my passion. And it was it was that same feeling that just kind of got me through to working in these different places, not really earning a lot, but getting some incredible experience with some some real great professional people, like being in working in Knightsbridge and that kind of level of service that you pick up from dealing with very, very wealthy, you've got footballers in there, you've got wealthy Arab women in there who are shopping in Knightsbridge. It's very, very luxury clientele. So the effect that had on me of being a professional and understanding how to conduct myself, conduct myself in that kind of environment was greatly beneficial for them being able to kind of, knowing the whole time I wanted to do my own thing anyway, I kind of put myself in these environments with very, very high level, also the salon in Mayfair, the Grosvenor House, kind of really, really up there. Um, not that I ever wanted to be like open a shop or anything in that kind of level necessarily, because it was really, really high. Early days, but yeah. I knew that it was only having positive effects on, excuse me, pos- uh, you know, positive effects. So then fast forward, um, realised that I wanted to do my own thing, um, realised that the place I was wasn't really working for me, um, so I decided to leave, and, and that day was the best thing I ever did. I started working for myself, so I worked for myself for two years at my parents' house. I kind of converted the front sitting room into a, a salon. Wow. Um, at these same times, my partner Josh was doing the very same thing. He was working for a large hair company, but then kind of left it, and then he was focusing on his thing. So we then came together and started working together. So we both pretty much cut all the, the young guys in St. Albans and the surrounding areas uh, between us. And we'd often like sort of share clients and kind of work together. Although we were technically competition, it, was, it wasn't a competition, it was you know, cohesion from, from very early. And then we started planning and talking about doing something. I mean, we, we spoke about this for many, many years. 
Um, we then in 2012 created Menspire officially um, and we did our own product brand together. So we were both working from home. He was working from his grandma's house. I was working from my mum and dad's house. We put some money in together and, and released some products. So we sold them both and we had a, an Instagram page. We, we launched the page. So before we know it, there's a brand growing with no salon, just two guys creating this brand, uploading Twitter, Instagram. We had a particular way of like, we both got hair in a very similar way. And before we know it, we just this brand was, was growing and uh, we were trying to get ourselves a shop. First shop we tried to get a little bit of our budget. For me, I was very uncomfortable with the numbers. Looking back, it was about £30,000 to rent it and then £8,000 rates. So for me, like £40,000 a year, it was very early. It was like, nah, 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 this is too much. Went with it, but fortunately it didn't actually work out. And to be honest, we were planning to do something massive. There was going to be treatment rooms, there was going to be massage, there was going to be all kind of stuff that we didn't even really know about. We just knew that we wanted to do something big. Fortunately, it didn't work out because I don't think we were quite ready for it at the time. Fortunately. Fortunately, the big one didn't work out because it was too big. It was like mm-hmm. the, the rent, rent rates could have been manageable, but it was two people starting a business for me. Like it didn't feel quite right. And I was quite grateful the landlord didn't actually have faith in us and actually decided not to give it to us. So I would say fortunately. Because so you think it's a part of the it process? Yeah, 100%. It wasn't right because then what we did, we made a decision. I was having breakfast just around the corner from where we are now looked across the road there'd been a tiny little unit had been there for a long time it used to be a tattoo shop it used to be weird little tiny little shop and had a number of the landlord and it had uh, the details called it and said josh it's a small shop it might not be the best in st albans but let's just get this thing going let's work together even if it's just you and i for the first year let's get this thing moving persuaded him that it was a good idea and um yeah we went for it and we um it's a tiny little shop but it was our first the first little shop we what did, year was that this was so we were planning it all 2013, to very, very beginning of 2014, we opened. Um, amazing shop. We had a team of five people cutting hair in there. <clears throat> it was tiny though, so we knew it was too small. And probably six months into it, we realised it was too small. And what we wanted to do just didn't really fit it. So um, we found this shop, which was literally around the corner. And it was upstairs and downstairs. We're obviously downstairs now. And we realised, you know, what we wanted was something more to this scale. Still a very humble start. It's a humble area. It's not, you know, we're not in the high street. It's still, you know, um, but it was it was a jump for us. And yeah, so we, we, we took the risk and got this shop. We did the whole thing, spent a lot of money on it, made it exactly how we wanted it. And this was about five years ago now. Um, and it, yeah, we made that transition of a small little barber shop, massive brand, small business into a massive brand, slightly bigger business. Um, which was this, and this really, I, I look at this business and this shop as the launch pad. Everything we have now has been launched from this for the, the various people that we've had work here, who we've mentored, who now have their own shops, whether it's in Dublin or whether it's down the road. Um, it's really where we, we built everything. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's very important. So this was, this was, this was you know, the first major shop we had um, five years ago now. And um, yeah, fast forward, we ha- now have many more but that was that was the kind of very very start of, of, of men's bar basically so let's let's talk about men's bar a little bit in terms of people that don't know what it mm. is or what makes it different um what is men's bar and why is it obviously we'll go into the story of the fact that you've grown so quickly and mm. massively yeah but what is what would you say men's bar so is long story short we're a brand that is crossover of barbering and hairdressing and we try and meet in the middle of a an average nice men's barber shop with that kind of feeling, but in like a more of a salon environment where we're serving teas and coffees and washing hair. So the concept was myself and Josh, we both worked in hair salons at the time, but we had a massive passion for cutting men's hair. And we didn't really see that many men coming through the salon. And if they did, they weren't particularly having overly creative haircuts. It was all kind of generally back in the day, people wanted like a, a skin fade and a nice cut on top. 
you have to go to almost like an Afro-Caribbean barbers to get the skin fade, mm. then into a Tony and Guy perhaps to get the top cut. That's That was the norm like 10 years ago. It really, really was. And we just saw a massive like gap in the market where there isn't that in between where you don't want to go to that. You don't you know, although barbershops are great and they serve a fantastic purpose, but the, the, the man that might want a little bit more of service, a bit more for his money, might want a hair wash, might want a nice coffee, might want a haircut that, you know, is going to last them for a long time, done by someone who's got great expertise, who's been trained properly, etc. So that's in a nutshell what it was, and it's a very, it's a norm now that um, there is that sort of crossover where you get very nice, lots of nice barber shops now, almost like a salon feeling where there's a receptionist or whatever, like we've got. Um, it's a norm now, but it didn't used to exist, and we we saw that gap, and we knew we had to fill it. And I kind of feel like we were one of the first brands, if not the first brand, to kind of really make any kind of mark on on the industry by doing it, and it kind of worked. And I think it was very obvious, but it just wasn't ever kind of executed correctly where there was that kind of transition because it might be seem very obvious now but it just didn't used to exist um alongside that we obviously had our products from early and also education as well which is a massive part of our brand where it's, it's more of josh's focus where we have a, an academy up in the in town um and we have that's 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 uh we've got the salons and we've got the education they're both equally as important as each other um and we've also, you know, been really well known via all our international work that we've been doing over the last sort of six years. Josh has been literally spent his last six years on the road traveling, spreading the brand, whether it's Russia or Poland or America or Australia that, you know, Josh alongside the other educators have been, yeah, so we've been growing as salons, we've been growing as a brand like internationally and, and UK as well. Um, and that's generally kind of what Menspire is. And that's the kind of the oranges, origins. So... Obviously, that's kind of how Menspire started, and that's what it's all about. Mm. Um, I know you're a very humble guy, so obviously choose what you want to share. Um, but I would like to know, obviously, I want people to know the scale that Menspire is on now in terms of um, the fact that you've gone from starting from a small shop in St. Albans to now having multiple locations, um, also kind of building a life for yourself. Uh, outside of actually having to cut hair yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so talk on that a little bit if you can. Um, so we're just about to do our deal today on our 18th salon. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, and I say 18, it's a large number. And Very I'm extre large. extremely grateful for, for that 18. But I have to say at the same time, as we've been scaling and growing, there has been so many rejections and so many, so many opportunities that have come forward that we've said no to. So it's definitely not like we're just trying to rapidly scale it and get as many shops as possible. Because some people might think, wow, that's a lot of people. That is a lot, which is a lot. Um, but that's 18, like, our salons that have been handpicked by us. The people in there are Menspire. Everything is is Menspire through us, rather than someone's not just kind of brought a franchise and taken the name and, and, and done one. It's they've all, That's organic growth. It's slow growth. Although it's been quick, it's been slow, and it's taken us a while to kind of to do it. Um, but we're sitting on 18 now, very, very grateful, with the plan of finishing the year with, with many more. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're international now. We've got USA, which we're in Portland, which we're very grateful for. We've got um, a salon in the Four Seasons Hotel in Amman, Jordan, wow. in the Middle East, which we're extremely grateful for. Um, we're about to open Amsterdam next month. We've got about five or six new ones opening next month. We've now got four in Dublin. Dublin's very important to us. It was actually the second location we had was, was Dublin. Um, and that was from a man called Glenn McGoldrick who basically came and worked for us um, in this shop for about a year and a half and then he, his, he in his interview told me that he wanted to take this brand back to his to his hometown of Dublin I thought cool I actually believed him and he did it and uh, he now has four salons under his belt and an academy over there so 
incredible. So really, really pure men's wire. It's not someone who's just kind of seen an opportunity and taken it. It's people who've worked to us closely, been mentored by us. And and uh, the results are now paying off because not only was it amazing that Glenn took one to Dublin, but now he's got people in his team who have now taken men's wires as well. So we've got Craig Murtagh, who's been worked for us from day one. Um, and now he's taken uh, a men's wire Dublin back to his hometown of Crumlin. So it's, it, this is how we're growing. We, we're doing it organically, but there's a there's a there's a process behind it, and that's really how I spend my life now. And like I said, I, I came into this thing as a barber and a hairdresser, and I humbly say I'm not actually a barber or hairdresser now because I don't cut that much hair now. I kind of have like naturally grown into being a businessman, um, which I suppose wasn't intention. You know, it was my intention at the beginning, but I definitely have never claimed to be a businessman or entrepreneur early on because I think that's a very very loose term that gets thrown around. Now I would say I don't really cut hair, and if someone asked me what I do, I would have to say more of a more of a director, um, because I spend my life recruiting people, interviewing people, doing deals, new locations, meeting builders. There's my life is 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 extremely busy, but not cutting hair now. Um, and that was also a massive intention that myself and Josh made at the very very beginning that we we weren't about to create ourselves a job. We we're about to create ourselves a business. So we after the first three months we went away on holiday together. And left the shop with the capable hands of who we had, almost reckless, but it was to prove a point that actually, do you know what? We, we don't need to be tied into this business to, to make sure that we're earning money. So we did various. We went and did Umrah together. We went on to Turkey. We did loads of various things. Mm. And uh, and the point of it being was it wasn't being re- it was not that kind of being reckless. It was like look, let's ensure that we can build this with structure, with systems that <clears throat> we don't have to be there, and things are running exactly how we want. Um, and we went to India and we went and did some charity work in India and spent two weeks over there, which was incredible. But we um, we read the book um, and that book really impacted us. And it was uh, it's basically showing us how to the basics of how a business should work, um, which is having sort of technicians. So people who do the work, having managers, people who manage the technicians and having an entrepreneur, someone who can build on the business. Uh, and it's very, maybe seem quite obvious um, to many people, but not for everyone. And when you really focus on that and actually trying to separate those two three roles you are going to sort of see some growth because if you if like i said if you open a shop and you're just that technician that yeah you can do well from that of course but it's so limiting you need to for us it was always about growing it was always about expanding It was always about finding partners so in the first the first six months of the first shop tiny little shop we were on the phone to someone who wanted to open in dubai this was the first six months in and we were hungry we were having various meetings with this guy all everything over skype it didn't work out but the point was that was six months into that that tiny little shop, and and that was our that's what we were working on. We're working on sort of expanding, finding the right people, right locations, um, and not being tied into our shop basically. So let's go back a little bit because um, you mentioned that obviously you and Josh, you always shout out to Josh by the way. Mm. Um, he's his partner. If you guys don't Josh know, Monica. Um, but you kind of said that you know at the start you and Josh didn't want to create a job for yourself, and you knew that. You wanted to be business operators. You didn't want to be tied down, which, yeah. to be honest, even now, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they are in that position where, unfortunately, yeah, they've built an amazing business for themselves, yet they can't remove themselves from the picture yeah. without the, exactly that. The, the business falling, right? Yeah. Um, but I want to go back to kind of your young guy. You've been kind of asked to leave education, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you haven't really been taught business no, or entrepreneurship or how to create a brand or how to franchise or any of these things mm-hmm. um so are you saying that from the moment that you and josh started you knew that you were going to take it to this scale or did that just happen over time we knew i humbly say it we knew we were going to grow it big i didn't think it would be 
I didn't. I, it still doesn't really sink in what's going on because it is quite a lot. And only yesterday I was uh, in Watford. We we're opening a new shop in Watford, which is down the road. And I was there with the builders. And, I, and then I was walking through the thing. I, it did dawn on me the number, and it is a large number. But I'm trying not to like think about it too much. I'm just focusing on growing it. And then I will look back in maybe ten years and say, "Wow, that is a big number, two hundred and thirty, or whatever it is." Um, but um, yeah, it was always it was always the point of growth. We always wanted to grow it. I had a lot of faith in Josh. Josh had a lot of faith in me. We come from good backgrounds in the sense of our hair, where we learn our cutting hair and who we've who we've trained with. So the likes of um, Hob, which is a massive hair brand, and the likes of Sanriz, which is also a massive hair brand, who you know gave us a lot of foundation, like I was saying earlier about service and understanding and stuff. So we knew together it wasn't it wasn't going to be a small operation. We weren't going to sit and do something small. He had dreams of traveling the world, teaching Menspire. I had dreams of having multiple salons. I have to say, maybe it was more like five or six in my head. But then I realized when I got to five or six, I thought this hasn't even touched where I want to go with this now. Um, and it wasn't like I'm going to, I wasn't ever, I'm just going to get as many salons as possible. Everything has to be organic. And we've said no to some really incredible, really incredible locations with some actually some, some people who are really incredible people, but I just didn't think it sat right with me you know, long-term doing business with certain people. So someone asked me yesterday, have you ever turned down an opportunity? I, I, we turned down New York, St. Petersburg wow. and Moscow in one one deal. Um, amazing people, amazing idea, amazing concept, but just something didn't sit right. Something didn't sit right for either of us. It was just like our brand is ours and we need to make ensure it's ours and it's just, there's growth and there's growth where someone can almost like go and do their own thing with it. And um, I think you have to just trust your gut so much and your feeling and the energy that it brings so we're about to sign for the 18th if i had said yes to all of them we would have a lot more but i imagine it wouldn't be as as clean as it is now because it is really truly immense but i want you know you'd come in here you'd go to america and you'd have the same experience you'd smell that same smell that you could smell right now that's burning that incense thing is getting burnt in portland as well like these things it's all in the book this is what you have to have and to ensure it stays that way you have that same feeling that the same kind of thing is on the plane on the tv same person's having the same kind of conversation that same feeling that smell has to remain is that the mcdonald's vibe yeah exactly that's 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 basic franchising i'm not saying this is necessarily a franchise but it's basic like if something works and you want to replica it keep it the same I've got. We don't have music on in our shops. We've got so many like other partners who have suggested, "Can I have this? Can we do this? Even if it's jazz, even if it's minimal house." I said, "Nah, nah, nah, nah." Has to stay the same. If we go down that road, I'm not saying it's not going to work necessarily, but it's just not going to be men's bar. And if we're not, if we're moving away from men's bar, why do you even want to call it men's bar? Call it your own. Call it another name because it has to be everything from what we did day one. Mm-hmm. Because why would we? Cha- why would we change it? Even people. I'm also very, very happy to be coached and people who know more than me. I'm happy to adapt and move it forward. But our core kind of like core foundation of the, the things that we do, we're trying to keep that the same because I think that is the, the recipe of success. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, that was, that was organic as well. <laughs> but, um, so obviously, okay, so you had Josh by your side throughout throughout the process. Yes, yeah. You were friends as well. Yeah. Um, what are your, because obviously it's worked for you, what are your thoughts on being in a partnership? Because me personally, I have done business by myself and I've done it with other people as well and yeah. I think there's good and bad on both sides Certainly. but for me I definitely prefer having a partner that has different skills to me because mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur I think people think that you have to be good at everything but you don't need to and you shouldn't actually because if you're doing everything then realistically 
I, I don't know. I just think you're going to get burnt out. Yeah. Um, so what's you your again. what's your thoughts? Well, if we look at someone like Richard Branson, who's dyslexic and who's got no nothing from school, and to be honest, like if you look at him on paper back in the day, maybe he was going to amount to nothing. But let's look at Richard Branson now. He's dyslexic, and he's and he's so happy to admit admit that he, where his weaknesses are, and ultimately you need to just fill those weaknesses with people who are better at you than that. And that's been my process, bro, because I failed at school, big time, um, and I'm very weak in many many areas. But I don't let it get in the way. I just realised that actually, do you know what? There's so many people around me that I know I can utilise, and if I'm if I'm a bit weak with that, I'll get that guy to do that. If I'm a bit weak with that, I'll get someone to do that. And that's what it's all about. So for me, partnership is everything. And I've got Josh as my original business partner. But from that, I've got now many business partners. And there's so much strength in that. So for me personally, if it's the right person, and there's only one way of really finding out is, 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 is doing business. But again, what I'm saying about that feeling, like for me, I can feel who's right and who's not. And you can easily pick up, you can have a conversation with someone, like a natural conversation, kind of pick up on key things about them, like where their mind is at, what they actually want, what, what's their dreams, their desires, what kind of, what they into. So for me, partnership is everything. And I think there's so much strength with two people coming together, three people coming together. So that's how we're building is, is, is through partnership. So for me, it's worked beautifully. I also know people who've had partners and it's, and it's gone very, very bad and ugly. So I'm not going to say to everyone that you should go and find a partner because if you can do it by yourself, I know people who've done great things, 100%. All, you know, completely off their own back, nothing, no help. And I've seen that. But again, like for me, it's not a weakness to admit your weakness. I've got so much weakness, bro. Like I struggle a lot with basic stuff, but I'm not going to let it get in the way ever. And when you look at someone like Richard Branson and you just, what he's achieved, you know, that's insane. And the guy's dyslexic and, and struggle, has basic learning difficulties, but he had, didn't let it get in the way. So when you see examples like that, I don't know. There's no excuses, is there? But playing devil's advocate, yeah. because this is, this is um, something I get questioned quite a lot on, yeah. um, just from people in my DMs and, and people looking for advice. If you have a weakness in business mm. um, and you know that, okay, let's say, for example, my weakness is finance and I'm not, I'm a good business operator, but I'm not good at finance. Mm -hmm. um, they would say, well, why don't you get an accountant or why don't you get a staff member mm -hmm. instead of getting a partner? Mm -hmm. I know my answer, but I want to know um, from your perspective. For that example, I would definitely, I wouldn't, no, not, definitely not willy-nilly just get a partner just because of that. Because ultimately, if you're talking about finances, you can get a financial advisor and you can get a good accountant. And ultimately, if you want to do business, you need to learn those things. And there's no, there's not really much excuse to be totally ignorant to, to finance because you're going to you're yeah, gonna crumble quick time. If you don't understand basic finance. And that's something that we, obviously you start off and know nothing there's so many times sitting in front of the various accountants that we've had over the years mind boggled I was concentrating for five minutes while he was talking and then I, then I just lose it many times but after a while you realise do you know what if I don't learn this for myself this isn't, this isn't going to work so I think you need to learn the foundations of business certainly I don't think you need to go to a business school or anything but you need to learn the basics of your business whatever that may be and finance and taxes and everything, cash flow everything take time and study that because you, need, you do need to know that and it's not about getting a partner who can just handle all the stuff so you can be ignorantly just move cracking on it it doesn't work like that you need to you need to know the basics i'm more talking about partners saying someone i want shops all around the world but i'm not going to be able to run them because i'm not going to be able to get at, i'm not going to be able to get to all these different places i don't necessarily want to own it and hire a manager because a manager is only someone who's doing a job still but if you can find a partner and it can be theirs as much as it is yours and you both have that passion and that love for it that is more, far more powerful than, than anything. So that for me is where I like the strength in partnership because um, they both, they, you equally love it the same and the power behind that only only pushes it further and further. But it is down to finding the right people and it's not about rushing. It's not about thinking, oh, I can only do it if I find a partner. Just see what happens. 
you go go out go out on it. If someone if someone you meet is on the same on the you know shares the same dreams as you, like use that, like massively use that. Um, so for me, yeah, it's been it's been nothing but good having like-minded people to you know join the vision and, and grow it. And and it's theirs equally. Like how how some my, some of my guys who've got salons like it is their salon. Mm-hmm. They opened it. They put the money into it. It's theirs. They they it's theirs as much as it is mine. So that power means they're going to be if there's a problem they'll be there at six in the morning or they'll be there anytime they'll do anything they need to because it's theirs and, and they share it as much you know have that emotional attachment to it as much as me and that's where a lot of power comes from mm-hmm. so it's, it's all about sharing the pie as well I mean you can be successful but if you're doing it all alone I think the victory of a team is just incredible and you can't really beat that you know getting a team right and and really executing something is yeah something indescribable to be honest 100% so I think people are now obviously understanding okay Sam is more than just the online image or, you know, there's a lot more to it. I think you can tell that you are an operator, a business operator, not just because of the scale that you've built Menspire 2, but just the way that you talk and the way that you advise people. Um, but we don't want anyone to think that it was easy yeah. because it wasn't, right? Yeah, yeah that wasn't. Um, and you had a lot of things going on before that. Yeah. Um, you had, you know, you were part of Freshly Grounded. Yeah. You, was, you, you opened 59. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of things that happened in that process. Yeah. Um, where did you kind of transition away from that? Cool. Good question, man. So I had a lot of things going on, still do. Um, and also in the mix of that, tried to kind of, well, launched a little um, small clothing brand, cat brand, um, highly blessed. So I was kind of do like multiple things, thinking that multiple things is, is the is the way to do things. And most importantly, I opened a, a cafe, I opened a juice bar in uh, which is called Fifty Nine, which is big up Fifty Nine. Um, they just opened their third shop, which is incredible. So I set Fifty Nine up um, with zero knowledge on anything to do with juicing or cafes or food or anything. But we had the the unit that we had from Men's, excuse me, the first unit that we had at Menswire. We didn't want to give it up because it was beautiful. We spent money making it look nice. And it wasn't that expensive to be there. So we thought, let's do something. So it sat there for a year and a half, literally as our storage place. Um, and then literally, yeah, this, the juice bar idea came. So from just doing juice, we realized that you can't just be in this location and just sell juice. So then we had coffees, then we had snacks, then we had a little bit more snacks. Then we realized we had to do lunches, then we had breakfast. And then suddenly before I know it, I had a full menu. And I'm just thinking, this is mad. <laughs> At the same time, growing Menspire. Uh, same time opening like new international projects of we had Scotland we had Dublin we had a few, a few different things going on um, and it was good but it required a lot of time uh, it took a lot of time to even get it. it took a lot of money to to get it going and it required more investment to get it to where it needed to be and I'd already put a lot of money into it I hadn't seen anything back it took a lot of time I hadn't seen much back I was getting free juices and free lunches which was the only real perk at the time beautiful to go and have host meetings there have it as mine, it was a lovely thought. All the lads used to go there, lovely. But financially didn't really make a huge amount of sense to me at the time. And it was time to now renew the lease, spend more money on legal fees, plus redoing the cafe, more marketing. Uh, it was looking at another, say 30,000 pounds investment. And I thought, Do you know what? I love it, it's brilliant, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pass it on. And I actually passed it on to the guy who was actually running it with me, D who um, he you know he was my manager but ultimately he was a business partner and he was and he was running the whole operation when I wasn't around um, and he took it on and um, he's done extremely well he's just opened his uh, second location in Luton which is huge massive and uh, he's got a third one in Bradlett little one so he's he's now growing it and it's beautiful to see because when, when I went over there I'm looking around at all the all the branding and stuff and everything is word for word my word still 
and it's I'm so like happy to see it flourish and I'm so happy to see it do well because um, obviously Dee's put a lot of time and money into it and he's really you know given it his all and uh, I look at it as, as, a, as a small victory and achievement for myself just seeing it grow because that was always the intention of that I was trying to, to be honest I was trying to franchise that straight away as well having various meetings who wants to franchise it found people very time consuming very very long I soon realised actually my real real passion why I started this whole business thing anyway was men's bar and I actually started to lose a little bit of sight of certain things because you can't do so many things at once Freshly Grounded fit, in, fit into that, um, which was, I was doing that once a week. Uh, and again, that was something that I was very hesitant to get involved with in the first place. I didn't really have time when I was first asked by Faisal Chowdhury to, to get involved with it. But I loved Faisal, I loved his energy, I loved what he was doing, I loved the concept, I loved the brand when it was born. And it was just something beautiful that I was a part of and technically still a part of. And I, and I love it and I wish I could give it more time. But my life is, is I find it difficult to even give my children time, let alone, you know, that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something that is still in my life. It's still there. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, but I really had to make the decision that actually, no, Menspire is all I want and all I all I care about, to be honest. And I literally just, just focused on it. And, and that's been my own, I've never looked back. It's been my only, my only focus, to be honest, bro, Menspire. How do you separate yourself from stuff like that? Because, you know, we see a lot of, memes and things like that where people say you know you need to have several sources of income uh, to be a millionaire and you know um, you need to diversify which is true to a certain extent but then I also think that you there's only one of you right and you need to have focus on some things mm-hmm. I think you don't want to be a jack of all trades you know it works for some people not to it say does it doesn't work, for it doesn't work. People, yeah. but how do you choose that difficult decision in it felt separating right. yourself. It felt right because I knew that I, I actually was thinking I need loads of different incomes. When I say loads, I need various different incomes, potentially from different types of businesses. That was that was my thought process. But by doing that, I diverted away from my main main business that was my main focus anyway because then I was focusing, I, was at, I found myself at coffee shows and cafe launches and I was just like, it's, I loved it. But I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is, it's time consuming. Like, if you want something to grow and be amazing, you have to focus and put a lot of time and energy and a lot of energy into it. And you just got to weigh up where you want to be putting your energy in life because you've only got so much. And I just, it just felt right that cool. I've got lots of things going on. It's all very good. I had, I had a, one boy, baby, had another one on the way. I was like, do you know what? I just need to just simplify this a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just kind of, for me anyway, people, people might be able to do various different things. And we see that. Yeah. I think you have to get to a point to be able to build leverage for yourself to be able then be able to kind of expand into many different things I think you almost need to complete your task at hand and then you can maybe move on to something else that's my feeling anyway I almost want to get where I need to get to with Menspire and then I'll be like cool what, what can I do now but I still think I'll try and have it connected to Menspire um, yeah I just want to put everything into Menspire bro and, and have that as my main focus and it just felt very right to, for me to, to pick one thing and go kind of full throttle on it I think the key is self-awareness more than anything mm-hmm. because um, you have to understand who you are. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, mm-hmm. There's no like one fits all, right? Because Certainly. some people. I'm talking just purely from my exactly. experience. Everything yeah. I've done, that's, that's all I know. I don't. I've never been to business school, all that kind of stuff. In the sense that I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I've just done what's worked for us, and so that's all I can ever share. And I don't definitely wouldn't say um, I can even hand out loads and loads of valuable information about businesses general I can definitely talk to you about what I've done and my mm-hmm. experiences I'm so happy to share that um, but I'm literally just on the, the verge of learning so much myself in, in business because I think you know, you're being modest but yeah that, in all honesty man I started as a hairdresser with no qualifications and like you know all praise to God it's gotten to this position 
Um, and I'm still learning, bro. I still like, trust me, like people ask me like some big business questions and like, like all I can give you is my advice and is my experiences because that's all I know. Um, I'm very fortunate that my experiences are growing and I'm now getting a, a huge amount of knowledge and value from just all these different things that I've gone through in business because obviously it's been relatively smooth sailing. Someone asked me yesterday, have you taken a loss? What's your biggest L? I didn't even, I, I don't know, I've not actually had any. I swear down, I said, I'm not, I have not had any L's because I don't look at it as an L because it was just literally like, well, maybe an L for learning rather than an L for loss. <laughs> like real talk because I've had, I've had like three salons go from the, the network. Uh, at the time it was testing, but like so beautiful, learning the things that I learned, like going through these different things and, and, and where I went wrong and what to do next and how to move forward. And like, I'm not just saying, it didn't feel like a, a lost loss. It felt like a real like, wow, what a learning experience. Um, and only you can like when you when you go through certain things, it's, it's the only way you're going to learn because you, you you deal with it, and that experience is just yeah. So many L's, learning experiences, but ideally not losses. Don't look at them as losses. It's a it's a learning thing. So, so yeah. I think the era that we live in though is is crazy because, for example, you're a great business operator, a great entrepreneur. You've done big things with Menspire, but you couldn't give that time and energy to. 59 and so someone else came in yep. and, and turned it around not yep. to say that it was failing but yeah. you know so they could yeah. you know they gave yeah. that energy Certainly. more right yeah and i think the culture that we're in now is that failure is seen as a weakness mm. and people don't really talk about their failures Certainly. where you know realistically in business you take failures yeah. every day like there's Certainly. challenges every single day yeah. um so it from my perspective i think failure is something that shouldn't necessarily be frowned upon mm. because you'd like to Embrace say you learn it. from it exactly absolutely so and you're right to be to be fair 59 let's just say that was that was a failure for me because i didn't get it to where it needed to be to be even be worthwhile so that is yeah but not that i ever looked but that wasn't that wasn't a weakness in you though i never thought oh i'm so disappointed in myself but wicked i'm so glad i tried that like wicked love it like brilliant just add, add that to my experience so yeah mm-hmm. certainly how, how you view things but that all comes down to your mindset anyway and your kind of self-belief and it's difficult because sometimes when you fail, it's difficult to get up. And I know that because I've had things, you know, not go my way. But when you can kind of believe that it is just something that's just going to empower you to be even better, like it might sound cliche, it might sound like trying to be like a motivational speaker, but it's, like, it's the, the reality, those, those L's, those failures, whatever you want to call them, they will build you and make you, like, make you stronger and better, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So embrace it. I 100% agree. But what would you say to those young people that, because I think we have been able to separate ourselves from that in terms of understanding that, okay, losses are part of the journey. Yeah. But there are a lot of people where they live in social media, yeah. they are young, they're very um, inspired by people like yourself, but also they don't kind of, they don't really, they get caught up in it quite easily. Like for example, it's easy for them to get bullied online or for them to not be so open about their failures. So what would you say to people that are starting out that are young that think failure is a weakness and not um, a strength. Yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, like I said, like it's difficult. It's easy. For, do you know what? It's probably easier for me now to be sitting in the place I am, as I'm a 31 year old man who, who you know, I've got 15 years of experience of. Don't work. look 31. By like, <laughs> I feel, yeah. So I feel like I can say, look, take your failure, use it, climb off it. It might be quite easy for me to say that. Go back a little bit when I wasn't, you know, a man. Let's say it's difficult, man. It's difficult, and it knocks your confidence big time. It really, really does. But it's important to stay positive and understand like you know god willing we've got a long life here and it's all about bettering yourself and and being positive and taking everything as a positive it might be difficult sometimes and i might say this now and i might have a really bad day tomorrow and and it will go out the window but in reality like 
no one's gonna no one's gonna come and save you you've got to do it for yourself you have to take responsibility for yourself you have to understand that life isn't always going to go straightforward thumbs up it's going to be some bumps in the road as they say but after hardness after hardship there's always it's always such ease and it's that's 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 the realness you you go through some hardships and guess what the other side is beautiful and generally you can go back and look and reflect and it and it builds you so i think young people need to just understand that there's there's no rush this whole overnight success thing is, is non-existent i've only now we're only now getting to a, a real a place that we really want to be after 15 years each of hard work plus everyone else involved like it's, it takes such a long time and just just there's no rush and then just try and get as much life experience work for free try and find good people in fact find good people just find good people find people that inspire you and if you can't find that find people that are polite and they're nice and just 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 be around positivity if people are negative if they're moaning if they're whining if they're bitching just try and separate yourself from that and social media is is nonsense i love it i, I respect it you know it's it's built us and it builds businesses daily and it builds people and it's fantastic but it's just social media and it's and it's be careful who you're following as well because i find myself i follow even if you're following luxury brands and personal shoppers and stuff you get sucked into this such a thing that's just not not even relatable it's not even it's not even normal so take it's easy to say but take social media with, with a pinch of salt focus on yourself build yourself like I said, no one's going to do it for you. So, you know, take responsibility and embrace embrace anything that comes your way. This is going to go slightly off topic now. Okay. Um, because the, And the reason why I want to go into this direction is because I know that a lot of young people look up to you um, in terms of they want to get to your position. Um, and I want to talk about something that's happening in recent news, right? I don't know if you've heard um, that Selfridges have now released rental service. Yes, yeah. Um, and, you know, when I first saw that, I was thinking this is crazy because this is now going to take that social media hype to a whole other level in the sense where I'm wearing this because I'm rich, even though they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to damage the, the younger generation even more. Um, so, you know, you mentioned about the luxury shoppers. That's why I kind of wanted to go into it. Mm. But, you know, in terms of the youth yeah. that are looking up to people like that, people like yourself, that, you know, you dress nice, you've got nice clothes, you've worked hard for it, though. Um, what are your thoughts on them portraying a lifestyle that they're not actually living that's good and that's a deep one and maybe maybe i even fall victim of it myself but we've all got our things that we like and for me i've always loved clothing i love style i love fashion and that is something that i would i would spend my money on i don't spend money on cars i don't spend my money on going down to the pub club or anything like that i kind of like there's certain things that i do with my money i save tried to save majority of it but the bits that i spend after i've covered all my expenses, all of my, my my wife, my children, everything else. If there's a little bit left over, potentially I might buy something clothing related. I feel it kind of like it's something that not doesn't give me happiness, but it's something that I have a genuine passion and yeah, interest it's like a for. Hobby kind yeah, of. and that's kind of like where some of my expense would go. Whereas I've got other friends who drive insane cars and they wear a t-shirt from H and M, and that's fantastic. And that's where they 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 put their kind of extra bit of money into a car because they love it or holidays or, or whatever it is like we've all got our own sort of thing so for me personally I don't try and be overboard with it but I do like clothing but I'm also very smart with where, where I get my clothes from and very very rarely you'll see me kind of really go into Harrods or Selfridges and, and drop full money on anything in there because it's just obscene and it's ridiculous and I don't mind saying that I'll spend some time on the internet and I will hunt down what I want 
and I will generally find it and I'll find a little discount code somewhere or I'll find someone who can give me a discount because they work at Harvey Nichols, someone's mate works at Selfridges, Harrods, cool, give me the discount because I'm not paying full price. That frugal mindset. Absolutely. I can't I can't afford full full price designer stuff. It's ridiculous. Asking five hundred pounds for a t shirt. I find I find someone in my network who works at Selfridges and say, Can I have forty percent off and wait for it and get it? And no problem. I don't mind saying that as well. So I'm not trying to like portray that because I'm, I'm, you know, might wear a luxury T-shirt, maybe. I guarantee I haven't paid full price for it. I've got a discount on it, and that's like I said, that's my thing. But it's, it is worrying. Let's just say a lot of the kids are inspired by the rappers and all that kind of stuff, and the clothing and the jewelry and all that kind of stuff is is obscene and ridiculous. And I don't think majority of them can even afford it. But it's about understanding what you like, what you don't like. Clothing is the biggest waste of money. At the same time. I've got a really good eBay account, I've got a really good Depop account, and I sell all my stuff. I wore a pair of trainers maybe five, six times, sold them. Fantastic. Made 50 quid on them. Like, I'm not stupid with my money, man. I just want to get that out there, because I do get DMs and stuff saying, like, why do you wear this, why do you wear that? Like, for example, I love watches as well, and I would only ever purchase something which is going to maybe be an asset or something that's going to give me some, maybe earn some money from it. So, without going into detail, over the last few years, I've brought and sold different watches and generally have made money on each watch. So again, it's not about owning something that's sold. Hopefully someone will think I'm a millionaire by wearing that. It's like, cool, if I get that now, I know that's not being produced anymore. I know that's gonna go up. So I can wear that and then earn 2,000 pounds in two months of, of, some, of wearing a watch, which has gone up in value. So about knowing where you're putting your money and uh, not being frivolous. If you, if you really desire a nice, something nice, work for it. If everything else is paid for and covered and you like it that much, try and get a discount on it. Wear it, you get bored of it, sell it. Yeah, that's that's my kind of stance with designer. I'm not going to try and be a hypocrite and say, ah, oh, the kids are sucked into all this stuff. But I tell you what, the, the, from my day to how it is now with children, like the clothes that children are wearing, always fresh Nikes, everything fresh. Like wasn't like that when I was younger. I don't know where they get the money from, but the pressure is there. The pressure is there for people to to show up and impress, and social media is obviously giving that pressure. And I I think there is something wrong with it, but I think you know. With balance, like everything, you know, fine. If you want something nice, work for it, work hard for it, and sell it afterwards. Thank you for being so honest, because I think um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm don't mind being honest. I'm, I'm really, really am being honest. Like full yeah. price design is is obscene. I love it. Some of it I love. Some of it's really beautiful. Most of it's overpriced and just ridiculous. But if you're if you're if you can take time and be patient, not everyone has got a Lincoln or anything. But if you can ask your friend or do you know anyone who can work there or anyone help me out, I've got like. I've got a, one of my best clients works for Nike. I don't pay full price Nike. Can't afford it. It's expensive, man. 80, Nike's, Nike's become expensive. 80 pounds yeah. for Air Force Ones now. They used to be like 40 quid way back, then 60, 80 pounds. My point is, look, let's be smart. Jump on eBay, search Air Force One, and I bet you can find a second-hand pair for cheap. I'm just and, saying. If you, wanna, if you wanna show up and impress and, and, and look fresh, there's ways of doing it without you know putting the, the full money down. I don't mind literally openly and talking about that you know yeah I mean? and and to add to that i think that what you just said was so valuable because it's so easy to look at someone's instagram account and think wow this guy's a baller mm-hmm. but little do they know that oh he's actually getting discount from mm-hmm. it but yeah. he's enjoying his passion yeah, he loves it yeah. but he's he's doing this and he's doing yeah. this and he's working hard he's mm-hmm. got a successful business right it's not mm-hmm. just asking money from his mom yeah. or whatever yeah um, you won't catch me put on my story me dropping money on anything like i might wear the odd thing or whatever but like I said that is my that's that's my little thing that I really like and that's you know yeah yeah so just uh, I think advice to young people just kind of be wary with um, who you're looking up to but also 
um, don't just assume anything from Instagram because there mm. are some people that are selling a lifestyle to you for yeah. their own personal Certainly. gain. Um, whether they maybe they're selling courses <clears> or you know whatever it is, they're selling a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so don't just get trapped into that because it, you don't know no, the truth not. behind Certainly. the story. And I'd say nine times out of ten, there's a lot of people out there who are just just fronting it all. And I'm not even like trying to front 100%. anything, but like most a lot of people out there fronting like. Yeah, it re- really, really wealthy people don't act that way, um, you know, to be honest. Bill and Gates it, doesn't wear Gucci. No, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, which, again, I, I love all that. You see that the billions of pounds worth of people, they're not wearing designer. I love all that. But they've done that. At the same they've time, done they've done things. it, or maybe maybe they're just not into it. Maybe they're not, because look at the clothes they're wearing. Like, So I, I kind of take that with a pinch of salt as well, because I wouldn't mind being a billionaire. I'd probably still wear like a... Because that's you. Because that's what I actually really like. I don't do it. I don't know. Like, oh, if I wear that, people are going to take it more seriously. I was like, oh, that's beautiful clothing. Like, let's let's face it. Designer clothes are designer for a reason. It's of designer. So there's it's more to it than just wearing it to try and to try. But and it's show like off. you said. It's, again, it comes down to self awareness because you don't. You're not necessarily crazy about cars. Mm. Yeah, some exactly. Are, exactly. Right? There's balance. So what do you like? Like, it's no. There's no problem in it. That's the thing. There's no problem in it. It doesn't like. Doesn't mean I'm obsessed with money because I like to wear like the occasional nice thing. Um, but I guarantee that thing's got a discount on it. I promise you. Everything I'm wearing is discounted. But mine don't mind admitting that. It's crazy. Um, so you started all of this men's buyer from being a barber yourself. Yeah. Um, I think over the past few years, we've seen kind of a rise in young people thinking, okay, let me go down the barbering route because I can be self-employed. There is money to be made. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people that have been inspired by that route and it's worked for them. Yeah. Um, you're going to like what I'm going to do here, mm-hmm. but what would you say to people that are inspired by Menspire yep. um, in terms of getting to that level from escaping from just being a barber and cutting hair themselves to actually having a full-fledged operation? As in someone who would want to actually Someone who's a barber up, now yeah. or thinking about becoming a barber yeah. and they've never kind of thought about it as further than just me cool. cutting hair. Okay, good question because, interesting question because... We've got a new academy, which is up in the centre of town. It's massive. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's really, really impressive. I say that humbly. It's really beautiful. Uh, we used to have an academy just across the road here, tiny little academy. That was the start of the of the education. We then went up the road, expanded. Covid came. the The rent wasn't reduced. All this kind of stuff. The pressure of that, like this huge brand new building. Suddenly, no barbers or hairdressers have got money to invest in themselves. But what we had a huge rise in beginners courses. So we've got loads of now people who have left their job or whatever they've been doing and decided to become a barber. So it's just interesting how the professional courses are very like pretty much slow. No one's really kind of even travelling around or even investing in themselves right now after COVID. Everyone's probably trying to build themselves up. But the the rise in people who have actually decided to become barbers, probably for all the luxuries you said, that kind of being self-employed and being quite flexible and stuff. So it's just so interesting watching it as a market how the first course we had two people on and the, sec- and the, and the second course is 11 people. And then the third course sold out, and then it's just it's quite interesting to um, it's just quite interesting to, to to watch certain areas slow down, other areas to really build, and that was the reason why we went up to the larger academy and uh, the larger premises because we wanted to be able to teach the professional courses alongside beginners courses, so we needed a larger area, um, and it's just interesting how things work out. But that's there's a there's a massive rise in, in new barbers now. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the academy, you're teaching them the ropes. Yep, everything. Okay. So a beginner's course, you would learn everything start to finish. Um, all details, everything is on our website, menspire.co.uk. Just drop that in there um, with further breakdowns and details from it. But it would be the, the case of you start with little or zero knowledge. By the end of it, you can cut hair. 
And guess what? If you're a really nice person, we'll try and accommodate you somewhere within our company. So again, if you want to do something like this, we've got even our professional courses. Like, come and come and check us out. Like, the academy is there to develop people, grow people, educate people. Um, so if you're interested in Menspire, Menspire inspires you, and you, it's something that you might potentially be interested in. Drop us a message. Come and see us at the academy. And like I said, loads of information on the website about all our courses that we do, and generally loads of information about us in, in general and what we're all about. Um, so if you're inspired by Menspire, come and speak to us because that's what we're looking for. You know, it's, 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 it's really inspiring because I think there's a lot of people that will want to teach other people, you know, their craft or yeah, their trade. Yeah. But Menspire, you guys are providing the entire platform in terms of start to finish, but then potentially even open your own location. Certainly. Um, so I think that probably hasn't been done before if, as far as I'm aware. I don't think so, no. The model that we're using, as far as I'm aware hasn't been done exactly what we're doing and I think it's really really strong like I said we're not just handing it out to anyone we're doing it in a we're doing it in a in a organic way like I keep saying but with the right people at the right time in the right places um, and yeah loads of people franchise things and it's a franchise the franchise market you go and buy a couple of hundred grand on something you learn you get the manual you take it and you do all that but that's not our that's not our operation at all we're, we're doing it like I said with partners with people who are like-minded um, and people, a lot of people might think it's a risk. I remember saying to people, like people asking me, why have you given him a percentage of your business? I was like, I'll just, sometimes it's just easier not to explain it. But like I said, the power of someone being a partner and actually having it as theirs, the, what that does to them and their thought process to that business is, is far greater than anything. So rather than loads of managers or loads of franchises, it's basically our team, our extended team, our, our family of partners, a partnership. Um, I don't think it's been done. Especially not with definitely not with the barbering or men's hairdressing. Um, I think we are the first. I think that's where also personal beliefs come in, comes into it because you you want to be able to help along the way, not just Certainly. help yourself but help other people as well. And right? that's a massive part of it, honestly. Like 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 I'm here to serve my staff. Like um like genuinely like them. I, I really want to serve them. And by doing when I say serve them, get them to where they want to be. So if I've got someone who joins me, they want to open a shop, no problem. We'll we'll go down that road, and there'll be a it's a big road. But we'll go down that road if you want to be a full-time educator no problem we, we have people who work in the company who've worked in our salons full-time for years now they don't even cut hair in the salons they're in the academy teaching full-time um, and a lot of people join us for that because our, our education and academy is such a massive part of it and what you can do from that you can travel the world um, our guys have traveled everywhere you can imagine um, with us just doing shows like i said from australia to every, every you name it we've, we've been on stage there um, so we can we can we can give you a lot. We can mentor you. We can make you the best at cutting hair. We can make you a brilliant person. We can you know really guide you on being a great person. We can guide you as a businessman. You can end up with your own salon like we've seen. You can end up traveling the world. You can end up with your own academy eventually like Glenn. Um, but it's a process, and the start of it is just coming in, and uh, and and being patient really, and and knowing what you want and knowing how to get there and, and being patient because a lot of people like I said this overnight success thing is just nonsense and I've had people who want they come in they want it all it doesn't happen for them in the first six months so they go no problem it's a long it's a, it has to work organically man that's what I'm saying Nothing, nothing's rushed everything is just slow if it works it works if it doesn't obviously behind behind closed doors you're working you, want, you know what you want but um, yeah, organic growth is, just, is, is, the, is the method bro it really is so anyone interested be sure to check that out yeah um so i want to kind of change the topic again in terms of i know you mentioned earlier that you know people ask you um what are your l's and what are the biggest losses that you've taken and i think it's difficult to even 
probably think about it because there are so many that yeah. you just move Certainly, on with, yeah. right? Certainly. But think back a little bit. Mm. Um, not losses, yeah. but what's been the biggest challenge for challenge, you through yeah. the years? Um, and how have you overcome it? So I've literally just come back from lockdown, like I mentioned, and I lost uh, maybe seven people, seven, seven very, very good staff members left. That's quite major. From, from being powerful, busy, boom, 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 nothing's getting in the way to come back and like suddenly this shop, this is our first shop, everyone don't want to go and do their own thing. I want to go and work over here. Cool. That was pretty tough. And then another shop, same thing. My man's going to go. Oh, my man's going to go. He's been with us. We were going to do a shop with him. Okay, he's gone. Cool. So I lost a lot of very like valuable people in in very, very short space of time. And it was, uh, it was pretty rough, man. It was pretty stressful. Um, and that was the most recent thing. Like, and I, it does, like, when I say, like, I can say it's a failure, a loss, whatever it is, it was difficult. I, I did have to put a whole new spin on the new month. And that was help with my missus, man, who has to hear all my moans and groans when I get back after a hard day. And she's the one who counsels me and helps me, like, make decisions. And I'm very grateful for that support. Um, and it was really rough, bro. Like, the first month was really rough. But I'm so, so grateful that I spun it all and, and started the month good. Because at the same time, in a good position where, I can take a loss, but I've got other things, amazing things going on that I can think about, focus on. So it was just like, it was interesting. A lot of bad stuff happened. Then I went to Amsterdam um, and met someone who wants to do lots of business over there and, you know, did a deal. And now we're opening in Amsterdam, which for me is like one of my favorite cities in the whole world. Um, beautiful city. And um, I was in Amsterdam and sit new in the new shop, looking at other new shops, getting like really kind of crunching some numbers on, on that and just like looking back on all the stuff that I've just gone through and it's just, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant, like cool. It's a little bit testing and more, more importantly, it's emotionally draining. These are people that you form relationships with that you put energy, time, sacrifice, so they don't even know about, so much into them. And you almost get a little bit, I'm not saying I've got stabbed in the back, but ultimately it does feel like that a little bit sometimes. Um, people getting together and making plans, going out, doing this, leaving, whatever. Because you, you spend time in investing into your people. Absolutely. more and, and, and more than just even showing them how to cut hair or whatever. More like unseen stuff that goes on. And that's what like being a leader is all about. And it's about the unseen stuff that you don't even talk about. I'm not even going to give references to mm. or mention. But there's unseen stuff that's genuine and sincere. But it, you know, it's how you build relationships, strong relationships. I, like, I love my boys that work for me. Like love. Like, I'm actually there for them. They're incredible and vice versa. And that doesn't come from just like hiring someone because you want to make money. It doesn't come from that. Doesn't, you don't think about money, you think about people and you think about what they want and what they want to do and getting them to where they need to be. And before you know it, you've got where you need to be because they've gotten you there without even, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Your people are everything. Um, but the thing is when you do put time and you're on a personal level, like open up, you know, even me like opening up and talking about my personal life with some people and then suddenly those people disappear, blocked you on Instagram cool okay that's a new one everyone's blocked me now yeah what did I do wrong where, where, where was the where, where's the gratitude for everything that we've you know but used to it now six and a half years and it comes all, with it it's all part of it man it's about having a thick skin which I've got um, because I have been through people leaving and it, I'll remember the first person who left someone came along in the first salon and we called him RPA because he was cutting a little bit of hair but he was just very like he had common sense he could do things and suddenly he started doing all our bits and pieces all the bills loads of stuff we kind of built him in a manager's role he left and we, it hit us really hard because we put every, all, all this faith into him, all this like, uh, uh, the future, he was going to do this, he was going to do that. Made our life really easy as well. And then suddenly he went. And that really like got to me, man. I took it personally. My life became more difficult again. And you learn from these things that like, people are going to come and go the whole time. As long as you stand firm on, on what you're doing, like the brand can never be affected, bro. So people have left. We've had people who've, le who've left who've been with us for six years. 
but the brand is still stronger than ever. Like the people aren't the brand, the brand is the brand. And when you understand that and you believe and you, you've got faith in your, your being and my partner is most importantly, as long as we're strong, everything's strong. So people can come and go, people will come and go. And those that, that, that loss that I took was the biggest win. And I say that because just like the people who didn't want to be here, a good riddance um, and I wish you, I genuinely, genuinely wish you all the best. If you don't want to be with me and my brand, like I don't want you anywhere near because you go and do your thing. We're, we're doing something else here, which is special. We're all moving forwards. If you don't want to be a part of it, cool. It's good. I'm very grateful for everyone that came and went because the people who have left, it's just left, everyone who's left now just is in it for the long run. And everyone's, everyone now who's left, got through COVID, everyone understands it's a bit slower at the minute, but they're in for the long run and they, they know what they want, where they want to be this time next year. And it's with us. And then this time in five years time, it's with us. So it's it's only strength. And it, and it comes down to the, the basic principle of running a business is you've got a problem, we now need to find a solution. solution. And we get up, back up. And sometimes when you find that solution, you're mm-hmm. bigger and better than ever mm-hmm. before. Certainly. And we've had that, bro, I've had, uh, we've, we aren't going into details, we've been into, we've got ourselves into a few little sticky situations, to be honest. And it's my missus who gives me that, that strength as well, because she goes, you always, you always sort it out, you always figure it out, and you always get over it. And there's been times, bro, like I'm not going to go into it, there's been times when it's looking like certain things are not going to work and it's going to be a major L, like a major L. But all, like, all praise to God, man, we've figured it out and got over it. And worked it out, and that gives you, bruv, like the little things. I thought, oh my god, we haven't got, we haven't, like, we haven't, got, we missed a tax bill, we've missed, missed a, a VAT bill, we owe an extra twenty thousand that we didn't count for. Being in this position, we haven't been paying. We we missed our council rates. Being in that position, like early on, missing big bills that have had a huge effect. Suddenly, we've got to pay big numbers. We haven't got the money. I've been in that a few times, and it's like, I'm gonna lose it all. I'm gonna lose it all. You you go through it, you experience it, and think, cool, nothing, like, cool. Come, come my way. Let me look at it. I'm going to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, I guarantee you're going to know someone who can help you figure it out. And talking about your problems with people, like big problems, you mention it to someone, they're like, nah, easy. Let me sort it out. And that's also what I've learned as well. Try and discuss like your problems with the with the correct people. Try and find a mentor. Try and find someone who's got some experience because these big problems like that used to look huge to me. I thought, wow, they're going to come and sh- shut us down and come and take our chairs. Nah, I've got they've got the blueprint. Yeah, we everything like. This is, there is a solution to, to most things, yeah. So there, there really is. And, and again, when, you get, when you're in business and these huge things come up and it looks like, sometimes it can look black and dark. Mm-hmm. And like, how are we going to get over this? But like, if you believe in yourself, you can. Because you hear like all these great giants, these business giants, all the things they've lost, started again, da, 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 all this kind of stuff. Someone asked me like during lockdown, what happens if you were to lose it all? Cool, it would be a massive shame, but I believe in myself that would get together and do the same thing again. Start, like, yeah. I, I, know how to, I know how to do it. I know how to be successful, and it doesn't mean being successful doesn't mean loads of money. Being successful doesn't mean doing something and making making things happen and 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 progressing, like progressing and, and really like building something. That's that's success. Like all the money and whatever, hopefully, will come later. But being successful with what you do is like loving something and, and building something from that. So I'm confident that if we lost it all, well, I know how to. I know what I love. I know how to do it. So I'll just ultimately just do it again. So you mentioned something, uh, you know, during that um, when you were talking about the challenges um you mentioned your missus yeah and there's something i'm curious about myself but i know it will be valuable for listeners as yeah. well um being so busy yeah how do you manage your family life and more importantly because kids are one thing but then to manage your relationship with your spouse is a whole different challenge right i, I don't know because i'm not married yet mm. so i'm keen to learn it's um, like another business 
it is like another business. It's a, honestly, it's like another business because you need to invest into it. You need to give it time. You need to give it focus. You need to put emotion into it. And you've got to care for it. So the same as having children. I've got like three big businesses. Menspire, Mrs. Kids. Like, obviously I don't treat them all like, quite like a business, but like it's something that you have to equally like work on. And if you don't work on your relationship, like it's not going to grow. It's going to go the other way. Like anything, if we don't work towards like improving it, it's going to go the other way. Uh, again, many life lessons over the, the years of becoming more and more busy, also having two children, also giving time to my missus. But along that time, me understanding what is important in life and understanding the, the value of children and my family, that I will never really ever miss a bath time. 6.30, 7, wow. I am home in the bath, putting them into the bath. I'll do that. And I've been doing that, to be fair. If you ask my missus, I probably missed under under 10 promise you man because that became a massive like a massive value of mine if I'm not going to be there all day with them I at least need to get them ready for bed put them in the bath and have that time otherwise I'm not doing my bit as a father that's how it felt for me I'm very very grateful that I was able to obviously sacrifice quite a lot because I'm busy I was a busy barber every evening would be busy I was finishing my day 6, 6.30 bit of a stress bit of a pain but like very very like no regrets in that whatsoever because still having a, you know, making sure that I'm seeing my children daily whether it's not for the day or if I can just see them for an, half an hour to an hour before bed it was very important to me um, so I, I, I structured that in that that had to be a priority man it had to be a priority and the same with like so I've got days of the week that are family days Sunday don't disturb me like literally Sunday you won't catch me doing much unless someone internationally needs an interview I'll do it in the morning but Sunday lock off Monday used to be lock off now I, haven't, I unfortunately generally work <laughs> on a Monday but those are my days that generally leave me alone with the, with the family um and it's important to like, you can do all this, you can put all your time into something, but at the end of it, if you can't share it with anyone, and let's face it, it's not everything, the be all and end all business and, and, and work, like family and all, you know, this is this is, this is life. Happiness. Of course, so there's a balance. So it's like equally, like you're treating like a business in the sense that it's, it's important and you need to invest into it. And guess what, the more you invest, the more you invest into it, the more you get out of it. And that's, that's, where the, that's where happiness lays, like when you can, you know, with your with your your family even if you're not married just just spending time with your family like your parents your brothers mm-hmm. your sister like that's a great investment man like something you can't really measure but yeah just like having you know good people around you and making an effort with them even if it's your friends you've got good friends invest into it invest into that relationship if it's a positive thing invest into it because that is happiness you know wow I can sit and talk it talk to you all day, yeah. but I know you've got a lot going on mm. um, so I just want to wrap up sure. with what have you got planned moving forward i know you spoke about a lot of locations but just for people curious okay fine so um next month's gonna be very busy we've got many new salons opening we've got two new ones in dublin watford east coat amsterdam um just started working on a project for san francisco which i actually put on my social media last night um so a bit more going on in the usa um and and much more growth with salons we've got a really amazing momentum behind us now um so much is happening and I'm kind of going with it. I'm not trying to grow too fast, not trying to allow like things to get too big, but we just got, we've been working to get in that position where there's, like I said, momentum and there really is now, they're coming strong, there's teams getting built. So I'm personally just focusing on all the new shops, the new teams. Um, I'm also working a lot more doing um, one-on-one coaching and mentoring with people. So the rest of my day today, I've just got phone calls, which is something that's just organically just popped out of nowhere. So many people messaging me asking for advice, people saying, can I jump on a Zoom call with you? I don't mind paying. Um, instead of me saying, I haven't got time, I've kind of tried to give myself a little bit of time doing that. So I've, started, I've got, picked up a few new clients that- Amazing. 
all in the same industry as me. I'm not. I definitely like wouldn't feel comfortable necessarily taking on someone who wants to do a restaurant or. But people that again, like I said, I'm not an expert, but I've just got a certain amount of value and experience that I can experience. I can share, and that's all I'm ever going to do: share, advise, um, which is really exciting. It's something that I've always mentored people. I've always like, you know, always had people around me that you've had to mentor. It's natural, but to be able to take people not in the company and they're all, they're international as well. I've got people I'm speaking to in America, in Canada. It's nice just seeing people who want a similar sort of thing, and I, all I can say is just give my sort of recommendation and advice. So that's quite exciting as well. And for anyone that wants to follow your journey, what's the best place for them to follow you? Um, my personal journey will be on my Instagram account, which is S-M-P-I-R-E, S-Empire. Um, and then you've got Menspire Salon, Menspire Academy, and it's all there. You, you click on it, you'll find all the other links. But my personal one is S-Empire. Amazing. Mm. Be sure to check that out, guys. And thank you for watching. Be sure to subscribe on all platforms. And be sure to show some love to Sam as well for taking the time out. Very, very valuable episode. I hope you all enjoyed it.